0: Hello, and welcome back to the Pre-Shifts podcast presented by 7 Shifts. My name is DJ, and I'll be your host, bringing you stories, advice, and strategies from restaurant industry leaders. Today, I'm joined by Jason Hamill.
1: My name is Jason Hamill. I am the chef owner of Lula Cafe in Logan Square in Chicago.
0: Jason Hamill opened Lula Cafe in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood back in 1999. And more than 20 years later, the award-winning farm-to-table institution is one of the city's most celebrated restaurants. For an industry with a high rate of first-year closures, Lula Cafe's longevity is a testament to what Hamill calls a youthful mindset.
1: I mean, I think about this all the time as I'm hoping to, you know, do another 25 maybe or <laughs> at least another 5 or 10. Um, so like what's, you know, what are the conditions that allow a restaurant to, uh, to last as long as it, as it does? Um, I think we, um, we have a, a long history in the neighborhood that even predates us, we sort of inherited uh, a space and a lot of goodwill. And I think like really focusing on the foundations that, um, you know, of our origin, uh, which is, you know, being young and being interested in, in a community and connections between people, like really focusing on that on a, and sort of like on a daily basis is what um, has kept us sort of like young and fresh into our into our 20s. So, I mean, I think staying uh, open to change, staying having sort of a youthful mindset, a beginner's mindset um, is, um, you know, one of the reasons why we've made it this far and keeping that will be hopefully the reason we
0: keep going. And that youthful mindset permeates through everything from menu to the team experience.
1: There is an element to that in the cooking, meaning like we're willing to 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 try new dishes and new ideas in the food, Um, not repeat dishes, not just like recycle things that we've done in the past. Just, I mean, that's a lot easier, Um, but we've never done that because it sort of creates a new like aha moment um, in a restaurant. Um, I also think it's like really respecting um, the paths of the uh, young people who work for us, Um, like work, you know, trying to work with them on their. Uh, on what they want to do with their lives, so that and being engaged with that, so I have a lot of great people who are, you know, studying to be psychologists or like in in bands or um, and doing a lot of creative work and like really being engaged with them and uh, allowing them to sort of thrive in the space. Also, sort of keeps you open to change and maintains that beginner's mindset.
0: Lula has also been able to maintain many long standing employees by recognizing that restaurants can be a career and recognizing the role that a restaurant job can have in someone's life.
1: I mean, Natalie uh, Sternberg is our director of hospitality. She's been there since day one. Wow. Um, Kendall Cost is a uh, server who's been there over 15 years. Uh, My executive chef's been over there over 10. So, a lot of people.
0: What do you think has enabled like what about the restaurant has enabled people to stay around for that long i mean nowadays it's it's rare for people to stay at a restaurant for 3 months 6 months let alone 10 years um what have you done to to create an environment where people are um making it a career
1: i mean i think i certainly think the restaurant industry has always been a career for certain, for certain folks um and uh i i want to emphasize that that's very possible for people um especially when um, they also have other pursuits that, you know, could work, whether it's raising, you know, a family or doing that kind of thing, or it's creative pursuits. Um, I think that those, uh, those sort of paths can, can cohabitate well, you know. Um, that said, I think, like, why they stay, um, I think, you know, because, I, I mean, I hope that they're treated with respect and compensated fairly and that they like the team. Um, and that the, that being part of this team is something that's important to them in their lives, and that they rec- you know, they contribute a whole lot, and it would not be what it is without those people. Um, and you know, in the pandemic, we had more previous to the pandemic. I had a really uh, long a staff that had been there for a really long time, and we certainly, um, I certainly felt the, you know, the pain of losing some long term employees, uh, not to other restaurants, but just to the industry in general. Um, when the pandemic happened uh, and we came back, um, so I the ones that have stayed are um, are even like more more special, like more integral to the to the space and the place. And people come looking for them and want to talk to them, and that they're as much a part of Lula as I am.
0: On Lula Cafe's website, they list their mission and values, which include creating joyful moments for the community and promoting care, respect, integrity, safety, and transparency. I've linked to the full version in the show notes. But something that caught my eye when reading them while prepping for my chat with Jason was that they were revised on June eighth, twenty twenty one, and I wanted to understand why and what went into that revision.
1: The pandemic gave us, as with many people, like time to reflect, and um, obviously the industry has a lot of reflecting to do. Um, And we just wanted to sort of formalize the reflection process, so we set up a weekly meeting. Um, there were only, I think there are eight or 10 of us at that point. And, you know, we were not open for business, uh, like regular business. We were just doing takeout. We did that for a really long, a long time. And we met every week to sort of say like, well, what, what are we about? What do we want to be about once, you know, the uh, imagined return to business actually happens, like let's list a number of like values that we had pre pandemic and like some aspirational values. Um, and meet to discuss that. And we continue to have, like, we have a meeting scheduled tomorrow with the management team to, like, continue to talk about, like, um, you know, the the mission and vision of the restaurant. I think it's important to recognize that, like, you you know, uh, reflection and, like, thoughtfulness about who you are and what you want to be and how you want to live is important. But then you have to operationalize the, you know, the ambitions you have ethically and if you want to live a val- you know, lead a value value oriented and value first business, um, it's not just about writing it down, but it's about performing it and behaving it every day. That's where the hard part comes.
0: Totally. What were some of the things that changed um, when you kind of re- went in and, and reworked that vision?
1: Sure. I mean, the obvious one that a lot of people talk about is that we. Um, we took on a service fee model and changed to minimum wage, which we had been using previously um, to do what we could to rectify the historic imbalance between, you know, the front and the back of the house in terms of compensation. Uh, We, we made a lot of progress toward that. Um, It's not a perfect situation by any means, Um, you know, uh, tipping and restaurant compensation in the United States is really, you know, fraught with complexities and difficulties but we made a stab at it and we're sticking with it it's working for us um and it did it did have an impact on uh, for the better on a, a lot of people's lives uh we also added some benefits that are we had always had 401k and uh health insurance as benefits but we did uh, add parental leave and uh and we also have a, a better than um stand, you know industry standard PTO policy uh and also vacation pay for um people who have stuck with us for a while so the longer you work the more paid time off that you will get um so i do have you know um people who can take vacations now paid vacations
0: one of the biggest changes that aml made was a shift from paying the tipped minimum wage or sub minimum wage to paying above the minimum wage after decades of running the old model the transition wasn't the smoothest but it did lead to positive changes for the business, including better staff well-being, better attention and little issues hiring.
1: Transparency, it was difficult. Um, we didn't do well in the beginning. Um, it took us time to really figure, um, figure things out. Um, that said, we were committed to it, you know, in terms of a value. So we stuck with it during some, some rougher moments and, and now we feel like we're in a good place with it. Um, but that was simultaneous to like coming back and, you know we had limited seating and we you know there were uh the whole like you know um fight over vaccinations and like just the the whole turmoil of the pandemic it wasn't a fair like playing field in terms of you know trying a new model out um of course um and it did take time to to settle into it uh, but yeah it's it's certainly different it's not i mean a lot of there's a lot of you know conversation around it. It's not, you know, I haven't found it like necessarily good for the business, but it's great for a lot of people on the team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know, if you're like only profit minded, like it's not the best choice for a lot of people. Uh, but if you're like trying to take care of folks and, and level out the uh, playing field, it, it could be a good choice for some, some folks.
0: Now, it's one thing, of course, to write down and codify your core values. But as we've covered on the show a few times, you do have to put them into practice. It's different for every restaurant, every leadership team, every business. But the way that Hamill tackles this is through training and providing opportunities for education.
1: I mean, one of the things that I think is lacking in restaurants is leadership training for management. Uh, we're trying to get there. It's really difficult to do when you're you know busy all day long every day. So I think if a value is education and like you're ho- having your staff meetings and you're doing wine tastings and you're teaching cooks how to cook and you know and it's all about you know teaching people who do not know something that something so that they grow and then they grow and then they become managers and then like just everything stops you know what I mean for them that's that's a huge problem it's it's very um endemic in the industry that like learning stops at the you know manager stage you become a sous chef and then you're like okay I got to do the orders and clean at the end of the night and check people out. And like, there's no like development. So that's something we're trying to work on. Um, So operationalizing that means like providing opportunities for people to grow um, and and educate, and even if they're managers. Another, um, you know, if uh, respecting, you know, folks identity is something that is a value, like really paying attention to um, their needs and, you know, their life needs, whether it's like, uh, you know, a scheduling situation or like a com- communication identity situation like really respecting that in your language and your uh in your behavior that can be operationalized um and i i mean there's there are many examples like that um but the, the biggest one is you know um really giving healthy feedback on a more regular basis which does not happen enough in our industry and does not have enough in my restaurant and that's one of the top things that we're trying to focus on now is like giving constructive help, helpful feedback in a timely manner so that people can grow um rather than like punitive or um controlling you know um you know feedback once there's a problem um so that's that's another way that we could operationalize that by like scheduling this and like making sure my Managers meet with team members on a regular basis, etc.
0: The communication, transparency, and education that Jason talks about tells the story of how the restaurant industry has evolved and not just since 2019. Having owned and operated Lula since 1999, Jason has a unique lens as to how the industry has changed.
1: The resources to do their jobs effectively, um, means like really listening and then responding to, uh, to needs and requests. So I think what's different now is um, I spend a lot of, a lot less time doing, like a lot less time cooking or like being on the line. And a lot more time trying to process how to be a better communicator as an organization. Like what parts of the organizations are not like communicating in the most effective way and which ones need more support to be able to to communicate better. Um, And then let's trying to listen to, listen in an empathetic and active way so that um, so that I can make the changes because restaurants are all about change I mean it's like constantly about adapting and change and and working you know um, on your feet so um, I think that employees expect a, a lot of transparency and communication and they deserve that and that's what we're, those are the standards we're trying to
0: meet absolutely and that's been kind of maybe that's what the biggest change I think um, overall and like in terms of say, you know, the employees now are not the ones that of 10 years ago, or, you know, there's a lot of talk about that kind of stuff and this new generation wants different things, but I think at the very core of it, they just want to be communicated with like in a clear and um, concise way. That's not like leaving people in the dark. For sure. I mean, and there was also a lot of,
1: there was a lot of exploitation of people and yeah. not, you know, and, you know, not in, not in every restaurant, but in many. Um, And, you know, people are uh, rightfully aware of that and have learned uh, to uh, set boundaries for themselves. And uh, that is, you know, 100% the direction we need to go.
0: Another piece of that puzzle is technology. When Lula opened, online ordering, scheduling software, and KDSs did not exist. But while Hamill recognizes their utility, He also knows that there are just some things that tech cannot replace.
1: I think it's very helpful. I mean, certainly scheduling software is incredibly, uh, incredibly helpful when you have a team of 100 people, um, (laughs) you know, needing to switch shifts and communicate with each other. That's been a really helpful uh, change to adapt to that. Um, I do. I think that there are parts of my job, frankly, that like I'm all about AI taking over. You know what I mean? like, okay. <laughs> I um, expediting a 600 person brunch. I mean, looking at that, all those <laughs> tickets and like, you know, my 51 year old brain, like processing how many uh, of certain items are on fire at what time and when to fire the next batch like a computer could definitely do a better job than me. <laughs> um, I don't think that the computer would be very good at motivating the folks that are on the line no. to like cook <laughs> well when they're dealing with that. So like, I would love a system and like, uh, you know, toast, seven shifts, anybody like hear me out. Like that would process the information <laughs> that's coming in in a way that would like better suit the line in terms of um, expediting. Um so I think that technology is probably going to come sooner than later, um, you know, and I would love to use it. Uh, I don't think that would change the fact that I want to stand in front of them and say like, you know, um, that egg, I'd like to do to, you know, not use that egg and use that one. And this is why, because that one looks better than this one. And this is why, and like the cooking technique can be changed to produce the better quality or just like to joke with them and be like, you know when it's busy like that you need some camaraderie you need some like you know you need to feel like the you know we're you know having fun at what we're doing and not just getting beat up so uh that's going to still be my role and to you know try to inspire and teach um my role does not need to be counting how many modified plates there are in a you know hundred person pickup, you know, that's, that could, technology could do that better. So yeah, there's some things that that, that human touch will never be replaced by, you know,
0: as Lula cafe enters its third decade of operations, Emil and his team are looking to continue to evolve and keep that curious mindset that has kept them going throughout the years.
1: I do want to advocate, um, in the industry, to you know, sort of continue leading with values and of you know care and kindness. Um, so that's going to continue to develop in our in our space. And I want to develop like people who want to grow in our on our team. I have a number of people who want to um, to keep learning and do new things, and I'd like to be part of that um, process with them. So I don't know where that's going to lead. Uh, but I've got great, great people on my team that want to grow. So my, you know, next 25 years or whatever are going to be about supporting those people and their growth uh, and continuing to provide like a community space that's, you know, um, kind and generous and thoughtful. Um, So that's just like, you know, that's kind of business as usual, but also nothing's, usual and restaurants you know like it's it's a tough road and like a challenge and and you know i'm sure that there'll be some surprises down the road and like we have exciting things we have a cookbook coming out in october um and uh you know we're looking forward to supporting that in some fun ways so I mean, there's going to be a lot of fun things
0: thank you for joining us for the pre-shift podcast presented by seven shifts Be sure to follow us on social media for new episodes and bonus content. And as always, my inbox is open, dj at sevenshifts.com. Let me know what you think of the show, who you want to hear, or just say hello. We'll see you next time.